City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, it's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy, and welcome to yet another edition of the City Quick Connect podcast. Um, I'd like to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host, my partner in crime, Scott Flatton. Scott, welcome. I didn't tell you. I had a I had a conversation with our good close friend, Mayor Captain Roy Stoddard Ooh, from yeah. the mythical town of Six Mile. He called yeah. in regard with a question about his hometown economic development grant that the town uh-huh. won last year. And so we had a chance to visit and talk and he's doing well and was Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Was happy with the uh answers to his questions that I provided. So uh I just thought you might want to know that. We well, haven't talked um, about that. Listen, I, Captain Roy will always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> and I'm glad to know that he's okay. He was I, I think he was probably our first listener. At least the first listener that we know of. Scott, so let's talk a little so last week at the State House was crossover week. Who cares? What does that mean? It means that bills that did not cross over or bills that originated in the chamber, so House bills and Senate bills, if they did not pass their originating chamber, then it's not impossible, but it is a lot more difficult to get those bills taken up in the opposing chamber. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say that it's just a hoax. You know, it, it, it's just talk. It's not real. Um but it, it's real, and it is something that slows things down this time of the session, and it forces lawmakers to concentrate on um, getting things done. It does create a sense of panic, sort of, and that's kind of how it was last week. There were a lot of bills on both the Senate and the House calendar, and they were um, they worked long hours, longer hours than normal on the floor. And they got a lot of stuff out. And I'm sure everybody has seen the news, right? A lot of stuff came out. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, and in fact, it was mentioned on the Senate floor during the debate on, on uh, the Gallo bill that the, you know, the three-fifths or two-thirds majority that's needed to get a bill, bill, take up yeah. a bill if it didn't make crossover. Well, I mean, that was kind of being dismissed as if that's not that high a bar. Well, yeah, it is. Of course it is. Yeah, it, it, it is. So, and of course that's issue dependent, but by the time you get to that point, the issues that, that you're potentially talking about are going to be contentious. So right. it is but, a, and, a, a know, very, and, very high bar. And, and now we're, you know, we, the last several years since the adjournment date was moved, we're looking at a what second Thursday or first yeah. Thursday, the second Thursday in yeah. May. Um, yeah. now we've been told several times that they will come back likely in June yes. to deal further with the budget because last week, last Thursday, I believe that the BEA said we had a little over a billion more in revenues. Is that right? Yeah. Am I saying that it, right? Yeah. The, the Board of Economic Advisors certified up to about $1.7 billion with a B in uh, non-recurring and recurring funds that the General Assembly will have available to it uh, come May. So that's going to and, of course, uh, Chairman Merle Smith from Sumter, chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, had said when the House passed its budget earlier this year That's that right. they intended to come back 
because they knew that they were going to get more money from That's the right. DEA, and uh, and of course they want to tackle state employee employee raises and some other right. things. And they, so knew, they were he, he knew when the House passed their version of the budget, I mean, he said it on the floor, there yeah. would likely be a 2.0 or exactly. another version, yeah, that would, that they would have to come back. Because it normally, you know, there's always a running joke. And I, you know, I, I say it's a running joke among the folks that work at the State House that the Senate always gets the extra money. So they look like, right. you know, they're coming in to save the day and rescue, yeah. you know, Rapunzel from the, ca- the castle. So it's, well, at least, yeah, there at least is more money. Year, yeah, at least this year the House does not intend to be outdone by the Senate. <laughs> right, in regards right, to the House right. The money. We're, we're definitely looking, unless, unless they can agree on everything, you know, we're looking at conference right. committee, which would likely bring them back um, just for a sure. short period of time. They've also got to tackle um, redistricting, which would likely be in the fall once they get final census numbers. Um, but right. that's, that is a topic for another day. Indeed. So last week, they also, while they were working on this and they got the, the, the Senate got word of the, the new revenue to add to the bottom line of the budget, they also, the House passed out um, constitutional carry, which is any, correct me if I'm wrong, any type of gun, any place, anywhere, no permit. Is that correct? No permit, no training. You will exercise your Second Amendment right to bear arms in any setting, anywhere you choose. Although uh, employers could uh, prohibit, or not employ, well, employers or private businesses could prohibit you from strapped up being strapped up in their business. Except, right. well, and of course, the one, the other big exception is you can't tote on the state house grounds or in the state house. So, right, uh, you would not be able to exercise your your Second Amendment right there. They also passed the firefighter training bill that requires the reimbursement, um, which is a good good news for some of our local municipal fire departments. They passed education bills that were somewhat controversial, um, and then in the Senate last week they worked on helping a new wine distributor uh, come to South Carolina. Um, They worked on ignition interlock, which requires the ignition interlock for those convicted of DUI. Um, So there were some really big pieces of legislation that got moved last week, which which was good. The House also passed out uh, the uh, the new building code cycle bill, House Bill 460. That's That's gone over to the Senate. And, of course, we had – we were – intimately involved in uh, an amendment to that bill so happy to have gotten that move got that moving so um yeah we have we've had our fingers in a, a good bit of stuff this session so far but I'll continue. tell you what I'll tell you what Scott you know what I've liked about this is that the our it, it's not been a huge floor fight it has been allies and not not allies um I wouldn't call them enemies but people that don't normally we don't normally Opponent. work with adversaries. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. adversaries. They have come to us beforehand to say, "Look, I know you're going to be against this bill. What would, what would make this better, or what would make it, um, you know, a little bit more uh, easier to to work with you on, or how how would you do? You, would you like this bill any better if we worked on an amendment, or could we come to a place of agreement?" And what I really would, have, I've really appreciated that. 
Yeah, me too. What what would keep you off the field with regard to this issue? And so right. many, many, most of uh, our advers- our traditional adversaries have done that. There's, there's a, one or two that, that still are playing by the old rules. Um, right, right. And but, but I think they're beginning to learn, hey, uh, it's a whole lot easier and smoother for them if they uh, come come to the, all of their potential opponents in advance. So um, Well, and, you know, Scott, I, this is not going to get into TED Talk territory, um, but they know that our municipal officials, our mayors, council members, our city um, employees, and everybody that loves cities, they know that they bring the heat. Absolutely. And they have a lot of influence over um, the folks that they share um, a constituency with, and they, Absolutely. you know, they they know they got the juice. So they can, we can, the, our our members can bring the juice. They know right. that, and so rather than uh, see that juice get squeezed, they would prefer right. to to <laughs> let us pour it in the in the glass for them uh, in right. advance. So thank you. To everybody, all of our municipal officials, staff, That's and right. elected officials across the state for bringing that juice when we when we need it. And, and speaking I'll tell of you what, juice, go ahead, Scott. This is this is, and it's been years in the making. You know, this kind of stuff yeah. doesn't happen overnight. Our right. our elected officials, our city staff, and and everybody they they've been working on this for a long time. So I really applaud their efforts and the relationships they've built and just the information that they share and I'm I'm just I'm proud to be a small part of it. Well, it's a great feeling whenever a legislator uh particularly in a subcommittee or a committee meeting on any issue that might affect cities and towns looks up and says or asks the chairman, "Have we heard from the municipal association on this?" Uh, that's, that's a right. great feeling uh Absolutely. because what what that what that means is that they are attuned to the the needs and the uh, um, the views of municipalities across the, the whole state, and that happened. That's right. That happened. Th- both of these examples of opponents coming to us in advance, and then legislators asking if what what our thoughts were on something happened uh, in two two particular instances this week. As a segueing into uh, into those two into two things that we wanted to talk about specifically. Right. So let's let's go straight into that. Let's talk. What do you want to talk about first? And talk about audits. You're going to talk about vaping. Let's talk about vaping, and then we'll, right. we'll talk about the audits. All right. So, just to set it up for you, this bill was introduced. There's a Senate version and a House version. We're going to talk about the House first. Go. Right. House Bill 3681. This is a bill that was uh, introduced after uh, consultation was made with us, with the Municipal Association on the tenants of it. And what this bill seeks to do, as filed, when it was filed, what it sought to do was preempt cities and towns from regulating uh, tobacco or vape shops with regard to uh, anything, uh, ingredients, flavors, uh, location, uh, licensing, anything, any regulatory oversight that local government sought to have over these businesses, this bill would seek to preempt, would prevent right. cities and towns from doing any of those things. But rather than introduce it in that way, uh, well, it was introduced that way, but, but right. knowing that, that, that we and other 
uh, advocacy groups would seek to kill that bill outright. Correct. Uh, Correct. The proponents of that bill, particularly the tobacco lobby, came to us and said, hey, what what can we do to keep, keep you guys off the field? And right. so we, we set about uh, offering language uh, that would temper some of this preemption. Specifically, what we asked for was the for the bill to affirm that cities and towns could continue to uh, regulate these businesses by way of business licensing and through zoning ordinances. Right. Because because we are unaware of any city or town across the state that has ever per, even proposed to, right. to to regulate flavors or flavors. ingredients. We, what is that? We, well, that's the vaping side. We right, were right, com- right. We, we were confident in saying, you know what, uh, you can leave that preemption language in there because there's nobody who's even contemplating Nobody's this doing it, and I don't think anybody time. even wants to. Well, and I asked this question of the Municipal Finance Officers and Clerk Treasurers Association Thursday, last Thursday. Hey, have any of your councils ever proposed this? Raise your hand. Right. And there were right. there were probably a hundred people in the room. Nobody raised their hand. Yeah. So I they said, probably looked you at for, you like you were crazy. Yeah. Thank you for for making sure that I had not been telling a fib over the right. over the General Assembly. Right. So uh, we testified against it in, in the House subcommittee. The tobacco lobby came to us and said, "Okay, let's let's figure this out." They offered an amendment that was adopted in full House LCI, and then uh, uh, survived a a threat. Uh, it didn't right. manifest itself, but survived a threat on the floor of the House uh, of Representatives to to remove that amendment. And so the amendment stayed in, and what and the amendment simply affirms that these businesses are subject to the business license tax and subject to zoning ordinances in cities and towns across the state. So long as that bill stays in that position, uh, the Municipal Association is neutral on the bill. Now, of course, there are other uh, particularly health advocacy groups that are going to continue to fight it in the Senate. But uh, so long as that bill stays in, in that position, uh, that it came out of the house, we will remain neutral on it. Because Scott, that that's what on that issue, that is what cities and towns, that is their role is zoning and business licensing. Correct? Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, I'm sure Just there like are. Just like in Myrtle Beach, they didn't want the the vape shops in their family, you know, their the area that they're trying to to push as right. a family center, and so they zoned them out. Is that correct? Right. Well, yeah, okay. they zoned they yeah, they zoned them out of the out of the downtown block. Right. Um and, and of course I'm sure there are some municipal elected officials across the state who think that uh the that cities should have a role in the, the health aspect and preventing right. these sure. products from getting into the hands of children. But because the municipal association re- represents a very diverse uh set of views across the state, right. um we we took that position because um, we don't want to have to hit uh, one city against another when it comes to these kinds of policy issues. And right. so we're, we're you know, that, that, that's where we ended up uh, in that neutral position on that. I don't, I don't think any of us want kids to smoke, vape, dip, no. do anything. I mean, I, no. I think that's pretty much agreed upon. Um, right. I think right. we can all, I think we can all agree yeah. on that. And you know, and, and so long as those products are legal, uh, right. cities That's right. really can't. You can't. 
you can't necessarily um, ban them or push them out of your uh, out of your jurisdiction. So. Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, if the if the General Assembly is so hot to to work on this to try to keep youth from getting tobacco, just ban them, outright ban them. Well, the, the General Assembly is not. That's that's the issue. That's why this. That's why the bill uh, uh, seeks to, and the and the House anyway, is, yeah. is affirmed that they weren't interested in regulating these these businesses. There is no, there is no, to, to that point, there's there's no even uh, registration that I'm aware of or licensing procedure across the state for tobacco companies. So the state, I don't think, really even knows how many. Uh, businesses there are that are selling and who are selling cigarettes. Huh. I don't think. I might be wrong on that, but that was one of the concerns that was expressed to us by the, the tobacco lobby is wanting to make, make sure that they stay largely unregulated uh, at the right. state level. All right. So that bill now, it was it was given second and third reading, and it is yep. headed now over to the Senate. That's right. Scott, let's now move on to the great news that came out of the Senate Finance Constitutional Subcommittee last Thursday morning. Joni was covering that meeting and was so excited she was texting pictures. It was great. Um, let's talk about, give me a little background on the work that you've done prior to these provisos being introduced in subcommittee. Yeah. Over the years, uh, the Municipal Association has uh, talked about uh, internally with external partners, with the State Treasurer's Office, and most recently with the State Auditor's Office, about trying to find a solution to this problem of small towns in particular uh, having their local government funds withheld because they had not completed annual audits. And, uh, you know, part of the reason is that because the cost of an annual audit exceeds the amount of money that they are receiving from the local government fund. So why spend mm-hmm. more money than you're going to get back from the local government fund? So they just haven't conducted annual audit. Right. And, and we, 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 you know, as an association and as cities and towns and all elected officials, I think, understand how important it is that some sort of uh, annual review of financial statements, how, no matter how big a budget, uh, needs to take place. Uh, in addition Absolutely. to the fact that, it, in addition to the fact that it's a state law, right? So right. We've had we've had conversations for many years uh, about what could we come up with to allow smaller cities and towns, in particular, do something that would fulfill that oversight uh, requirement, but not be a full blown audit that costs. That it's prohibitive in terms of its cost. For those jurisdictions, and so right. uh, as a result of our most recent conversation, particularly with the state auditor uh, George Kennedy and his office, uh, a couple of provisos were offered in the uh, Senate Finance Constitutional Subcommittee last week that would, number one, compel the state treasurer to release in the fiscal year 22 all of the funds that it has withheld from cities and towns across the state as a result of not complying with that annual audit requirement. So there's, and and the bulk of that pretty long list are really small cities and towns who are called into catch-22. They can't conduct the audit because their money is being withheld and the money. Right, but they don't have the money to, yeah. Right, right. So, uh, but, but this, the first proviso 
would uh, direct directs the state treasurer to release those funds to them. Now, it it does not say that they have to spend that money exclusively on audit. So there's no uh-huh. there's no restrictions on it. So um, we'll we'll see if that survives. So that's, right. that's good news number one. The the other piece of it is it will direct the state auditor to issue a a and and uh, uh, sign a statewide contract for auditing services that cities and towns could take advantage of. So um, for like for cheaper than they would well, be able the, to do it on their own. That's the idea. So uh, okay. let's say. Okay. A, the, the the state auditor is going to issue an RFP or an RFQ okay. or however he would do it and right. say, okay, audit firms, give us your best price on conducting audits for, you know, cities and towns across the state. All, hopefully, audit firms will say, okay, we'll do it for X number of dollars an hour or we'll do right. it for, you know, some flat fee. And then cities could say, okay, We'll choose one of those firms that answered and was qualified by the state auditor, rather than the cities having to go out and try and find that auditor on their own individually. So the, the, mm-hmm. the idea being that perhaps a critical mass of customers be, being made available to those audit firms would entice them to give uh, good pricing. So that's, okay. that's, a, that's a piece of good news. The other thing that it that's does, great. the other part of the proviso says that the State auditor will convene a working group of stakeholders to come up with appropriate auditing requirements for cities and towns across the state. And what that means is that we will, along with others and the state auditor, uh, come up with some less than full audit procedures that would be acceptable uh, to meet the requirements of the statutory requirement for an audit. There is no de- definition of audit in state law. So, right. and we have argued over the years because there is no definition of audit, then something less than a full-blown gap audit should be uh, acceptable to the state treasurer. Sure. State treasurer's office has traditionally said no. We 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 think that means a full audit. So, uh, we'll get together just like we have already with the state auditor and right. his folks and other stakeholders and come up with hopefully some less-than audit procedures that will be less expensive than a full-blown gap audit and will provide cities and towns, smaller cities and towns in particular, the opportunity to get current on on audits and then stay current on audits going forward because it won't be nearly as expensive as it has been in the past. So it, the, This course, sounds like a win-win. I mean, how, you know, you, you yeah. get your city in good financial order, you comply yes. with, with law, you you have some money in your budget that you haven't had for you know one two right. five years. Um, it it just sounds it just makes good common financial sense. Well, and it it just makes common sense. Period. And that was compelling to the subcommittee members, uh, Senator Ronnie Cromer, who uh, from Newberry, who was chairing the subcommittee. Uh, you know, Joni said that he understood that and even mentioned it doesn't make any right. sense to have to have a full blown gap audit when. One of the towns in his district, he he said that they don't even have a checking account. I, I don't know right. how accurate that is, but uh, you know, Pretty he, he gets it. He gets it. <laughs> right. under, well, right. I can th- I can think of one of them in his town that may not. It, that may be a right. true statement. So anyway, uh, he gets it, and the other committee members, subcommittee members, did too. So 
hopefully that will survive the full committee process. Hopefully that will survive the Senate floor right. when the budget gets on the Senate floor in a couple of weeks. And then, um, of course, we'll have to see if it uh, translates over to the House and survive the conference committee as well. But we'll be, we'll be working throughout the budget process uh, through apparently now the end of June uh, right, to make exactly. sure that those stay in. I, I just I think that's a really that that's a lot of work over a lot of years coming to fruition and I think that's just a that's just great news for a lot yep. of people. Absolutely. Scott, is there anything else we need to touch on that went on last week? Um it was a fast and furious it was there tensions um were there yeah. among legislators. There were um you know some, some crosswords had there my, as my mama would call it, there was some dust up. Yeah. Um but hopefully we can start fresh tomorrow. Um, for this week and just and just work the rest of these what one two three four four weeks three weeks four weeks yeah um, the, that we've got the left. regular session yeah, yeah of the regular yeah. session and and get some work done Senate Finance Committee will start this week working on its version of the budget um, the House will just you know they have they've got regular business to do and everybody is in session and and hopefully we can hopefully we'll survive the next four weeks and be able to count this the 2021 session as a success yeah we'll take a couple of weeks off and then come back in june and then come back in september for a redo that's right and, right you know, it seems seems the last couple of years the session just never really it never really never stopped, stopped does it gives me well, heart we, a little bit that's why we're here that's why we're here yeah it's going to be a, a busy week this week coming up with lots of committee and subcommittee meetings yeah. um crank cranking out product and, and uh, setting it up for work come next January. Yeah, and just as a reminder, the um, the bills that are introduced and in play this session are always all, also in play next session because it's a two-year session. So right. if it did not pass, um, if it didn't, it didn't make crossover, and if it doesn't pass in May, they will likely introduce, well, they will have to, um, what they call a sine die resolution. It's an adjournment resolution and it lays out very specific things that they can take up after the regular session adjourned sine die in May. And normally that are those are bills that are in conference, deal with probably Santi Cooper, um, deal in the budget. So it will it will likely be a very narrow adjournment resolution that or and redistricting that will allow them to bring themselves back um, and it'll it'll set forth some dates. So look well, for that I, over the next several weeks. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, as much as everybody has COVID fatigue, the General Assembly, certainly the Senate, it's from, from the sound of the discussion last week, it sounds like there's some major Santee Cooper fatigue. So Yeah, uh, it really does. Yeah. That, it's really I think they're ready to just to get it. it done. Yeah. It, well, I don't know. They're, I, I think it's 50-50 right now that they'll do much of anything besides uh, reform. I think a sale of Nancy yeah. Cooper is probably off the table at this point. So yeah, it's going to be a reform I think it's agenda be, at all. Yeah, and I think that's going to be kind of that's going to be a long drawn out debate. And I think that 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 debate in the Senate plus the budget that pretty much takes up the next um right. the next little while. So right. we right. can and then sending that bill back over to the House and to see what they do with it. So it'll be uh, um, it'll be very interesting for those of us that do this full time. Yeah. And let me mention just real quick, nothing new on the American Rescue Plan, uh, no new okay. details, uh, although we do, we have added a couple of resources to 
the web page at www.mafc.sc. On the very front page is the button for the American Rescue Plan. There is a a uh, link to the National League of Cities who are they are tracking in real time the adjustments to the amount of funds that are estimated to come to each of the cities and towns in the state. So rather than having the static spreadsheet that we've had on our website um, in the last couple of weeks, you can go and click on that link to get the latest estimates or the estimates as they change, if they change. Um, so use that. But still, just we're in a holding pattern waiting on the U.S. Treasury Department to yeah. issue guidance on how the funds can or cannot be spent. But folks need to be thinking about projects. They need to be making plans and right. uh, and with getting some, ready. With, with limitations in mind. Precisely, yes. Right, with we're limitations not, in mind. Yeah, we're not going to be able to go out and, um, you it's know. It's not a free-for-all. Build, uh, build a new city hall or, uh, playgrounds you know, or. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just don't see those kinds of things being allowed. So keep right. an eye on it and, uh, just, just hurry up and wait. Very good. Um, as we always say at the end of our podcast, please, uh, stay healthy. Um, get the vaccine when it is your turn, although I believe in South Carolina it's everybody's turn, um, who's eligible 16 and over. So please make a plan to get your vaccine, continue to wear your mask when you're around non-vaccinated people, wash your hands, and practice social distancing. We um, want everybody to stay healthy, so when it's time to see you in person this summer at the annual meeting, you'll be there, and we can still have an in-person meeting and continue to plan those through the fall and next year. So take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.